Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast, and this is the second episode where I'm talking with Johannes Pavela about how we're going to adapt the scum and villainy downtime system to work with the second season of our Midlands game, which we're using the ICRPG roleplay system for. Because I'm a big fan of like players rolling for things, I like the idea of just sort of like being able to say to the players like, "Oh, you need to get eighteen or above on a d20 or whatever." Mm-hmm. And just like p- pick which of you wants to roll it, have a player roll it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fine. And also, one of the reasons I like some things like this is because it's it, it's not then just me as the GM randomly deciding, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, this faction's annoyed with you for X, Y, and Z. They're going to do something." It's it's a result of your actions, but it's also as a result of chance as well, which I, I think yeah. also adds like a, a bit more sort of verisimilitude to it because obviously lots of no one in the world can like predict their actions in like real life and all the consequences they have. So I like it in a game where you like you say you do something which might be innocuous or you think oh well, yeah okay there's going to be no real comeback from that, but there might be. There's always that little small mm-hmm. chance that there might be. Yeah, and it's a part of the bit where you also get to be surprised because you're running yes. the game and you didn't know that what we did was going to piss these guys off. Yeah. But that's the way it went, and now you have new stuff that you didn't think about. <laughs> yeah, it keeps it interesting for me as the GM. And also, to use our example of like the work experience nephew, because <laughs> why not? I love, I love the ludicrous examples. If, if you're doing this as part of a discussion and we're like, all right, so that guy you annoyed, like somehow that's degraded your relationship with the guild. You can then like chat with the players and be like, oh, well, why is that? What's going on with this like young guy who seemed fairly innocuous in the session? Mm-hmm. So yeah. suddenly you've not only generated like potential future conflict and content, you've also got an NPC there who might have just been like a young guy who was like, oh my God, don't burn my barge. And suddenly mm-hmm. he's become like a lot more than that yeah. because of the content that's been generated. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the big things about this kind of thing where the game helps you in, in a way to generate stuff that uh, keeps the load lighter on you. Of course, there's we're both I, I would has, well, I would venture to say we are connoisseurs of the randome table okay. <laughs> and <laughs> and um that's also like it's a facet of the same thing, right? It's having tools to help you do the job because you could determine that this is the work experience nephew. You have this idea, but you didn't have to come up with that. There was yeah. the game helped you, and I think things like this will be great to include. I think in yeah, I mean, our it's, it's the same reason why I, like, we've run a few published adventures as part of like the first season. Mm. It's one of the reasons why I like adventures, like. Um, the, the way that befell Drig Walton, where they have like that's got um four random encounter tables in it because obviously, as things go on with the fallen star that's arrived, things start getting weirder mm-hmm. as it exerts more influence. And it's got like a day and a night chart, like mundane for like when stuff is normal, mm-hmm. and then it, which is just like oh, you meet some peasants and they're like getting the crops in, or yeah, there's a like, praise Gale, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's like oh, oh, at night you meet like a hunter coming home from like trapping or whatever, yeah. all, all fairly like mundane stuff. And then at a certain point, you switch over to using like the weird encounter mm-hmm. charts from like day and night, where you start seeing like 
phantoms like drifting across the moors or you come across mutated animals yeah the goats like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just exactly. walking around yeah, and, and that that was a random role on that it, it's just like oh you come across some mutated animals and I, there's a little table for mutated animals and i was like all oh, right okay um talking animals all right okay and, and just so i looked on the chart where you're going there's like a big like goat pen and i was mm-hmm. like all right yeah i'll just say it's those goats and they can talk and we have that old mm-hmm. i'm seeing and that was not planned in the adventure or planned by myself but it was like an interesting sort of little diversion a little side scene that went on and i think it's a, it's those sort of like interesting odd little things that happen that tend to be what sort of stick in people's minds after an adventure yeah. so you have like the big sort of climax of an adventure and you're like oh yeah we, we, we defeated the evil lord and whatever da, 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 da. but then you're like oh yeah but what about those like weird like talking goats like we met like halfway through or like you guys referenced several times last time you reference like the flying books in like the stygian library and that was just one like little random encounter that we did yeah. sessions and sessions before yeah but because it's a bit odd it's a bit random it's a bit off the wall it sticks in people's minds yeah i that's the one that i will remember i think uh like one of the most clear memories that i have of the first season is is that exact thing where I didn't really do much <laughs> because I got knocked out almost immediately by a flying book. But I got to watch the thing unfold. And then, of course, afterwards, we read the genealogy book, which yeah. that, was, that turned into a whole thing <laughs> as well. And, and Random, again. again. <laughs> but again, yeah, because the, the, the Stygian Library adventure, when you obviously it's an interdimensional library, so there's books everywhere. There is just like a big table of like random books you can find. And there are things like it, the genealogy term, and it's like it contains a complete history of like all the kings and queens and all of that. And you just run with whatever you get. The, the players go, oh, I'm grabbing a random book. You're like, okay, you found a, a manual of the planes that tells you about all the different planes and whatever. And you just run with whatever the players find, which I, I find both enjoyable and challenging as a GM because you do have to think yeah. about it on your feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. all oh, right, okay, so they've got this manual of the planes, right? Okay, so I've got to fold that into whatever I'm doing and give them enough information to convey what's in that book without obviously pausing the game for half an hour and describing all the planes and stuff like that. So I think in terms of in terms of using these, and I'm sure we'll come back to that subject again at some point in the future, in terms of using the, the sort of scum and villainy system, in terms of like steps I need to take to adapt it to use for the Midlands, I would say probably the first thing is like, create a list of factions yeah yeah uh list all the factions out uh i'm just gonna quickly count how many there are in scum and villainy so 46 in scum and villainy of course you don't need all that much and the fewer you have obviously the more intensely their like interaction will develop because it's it's going to be the same actors every every time so uh, a list of factions. Yeah, and, also and then include the faction goals. Yeah. And depending on if you want to uh, have some sort of a sort of uh, measure of scale for these factions, okay. you could note, as you are aware, that each of these factions has a tier in Scum and Villainy. So you might note down just a number from one to four or yeah. five uh, with five being probably the the royal house really 
channels. But uh, yeah. for everyone else, probably from one to four, just as a general measure of scale, with one being it's a gang on a yeah, on a street, street. Gang, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then four being uh, I don't know, probably like your your official sort of guilds. And stuff. Yeah, the like the big like the guild the, that the, has the noble the, houses, like they're not. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly, houses. exactly. Or like a really important guild that has a monopoly on a very important thing, but I don't know that that exists necessarily. In I would I would say potentially the witch hunters guild. Yeah, probably because they would have a mandate from. Yeah, because because uh, initially they were part of the church, but they're now like a separate yeah. entity, and they. That they've pretty much got the license to like burn whoever they want to as a yeah. witch. So yeah, barges because they're uh, yeah <laughs> they're because uh, they're like, they're literally like they get rubber stamped by like the crown yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So that's the sort of scale, and then if you ever need to roll for something, uh, you could use that as a measure. Now, because we don't need to bolt this onto ICRPG mechanics. And if we do, we'll have to do some design work on that. But if you wanted to uh, use the scum and villainy thing, let's yeah. say you have the st street gang uh, and you, you mark down like their tier one, you just roll a D6 and six, they get whatever it is that they're trying to do or they so, so is fend like off a, a thing. So do you, would you be like adding the tier to that roll? Or? No, it's just the number of dice you roll. Oh, right. uh, in this instance, basically the way that oh, of course, scum yeah, because yeah. yeah. basically scum of villainy says like if there's a call for it, just do a fortune roll, which is just take a number of dice equal to the tier, and you roll those, and then you use the sort of resolution mechanic, which uh, for our uh, edification, let's go through that. So six is complete success. You do it. You do the thing. Uh, five to four is you do the thing, but there is a consequence of some kind. And uh, three to one is you didn't do the thing and you get uh, whacked by circumstances. You get like severe consequences. So if you wanted to, you could use that as a resolution thing. Just take a number of dice equal to tier, roll it. Six, they're good. Five to four, eh, maybe there's some. Yeah, and I mean, then I don't, I don't have any problems just using those mechanics as is mm. because like I say, it's mainly going to be a background thing. Yeah. So... In, in, for, from the player's point of view, it doesn't really matter to them if I'm rolling a load of d6 and then mm -hmm. using the sort of scum and villainy rules to go. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Um, the the witch hunters faction has succeeded in doing whatever. Yeah, because I, I and I would I would probably just use this as a resolution thing when they're going up against each other. So when the sewer guild and the rivermen's guild are fighting uh, in the background, and you want to have an idea of how that's going, you take the rivermen's tier. And you take the steward tier, you roll them off against each other. You see how the results tally up, and then presumably whoever gets like the highest. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, it's basically up to you at that point. Like who gets the most of the highest <laughs> gets gets to do what they were trying to do. Basically, it's just a simple roll off with like taking into account the. If there's a gang and they go up against the witch hunters, the gang is gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, but they might not. If the yeah. witch hunters have a really bad day and they roll all ones, and the gang rolls a six, eh. yeah, well, <laughs> which again is is something I like with these random things because most of the time probability we can predict the outcome. Like say if the uh, if like a street gang go up against the crown, nine mm -hmm. out of ten they're just gonna get <laughs> obliterated. But 
there's always that tiny little chance that they might at least scrape through and live to fight another day. Yeah, or maybe like the victory is, yeah, like a lot of them got just destroyed in the street, but but one of the like there was like an important noble who wanted to make a point, leading the knights down the street. They were whacking criminals and whatnot. Uh, that guy got bagged. He disappeared. They, they made him go away in a cellar that no one knows about. And now, <laughs> well, that's it. You have like I don't know, you're like your street gang, and they're maybe like trying to break into the royal treasury to like steal something. Yeah, Th- they get lucky. They succeed. And it's like, oh yeah, loads of them were probably killed breaking in and stuff like that. But maybe like one or two of them escaped, and they've got the thing. That yeah, they to got steal. the gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that. So that's what I would use it for, and probably not much else. Basically, just like if they're going up against each other to try and resolve it uh, yeah. with. Like a simple D6 thing. Because what, what I quite fancy doing, and this is just because I'm a bit of a sucker for, for handouts, I quite fancy doing the um, like the newspaper-style handouts, like after yeah, each sort of yeah. downtime. So, like, you can have it so, like, you, your characters have, like, got, like, just a little tiny, like, news sheet or whatever with, like, um, like say, if the Royal Treasury is robbed, maybe there's, like, a story about it in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yes, uh, five of the six thieves were killed but one of them managed to escape with like such and such a noble's like prized gem that was mm-hmm. kept in the treasury or whatever mm-hmm. or then there's the like <laughs> a series of hangings is to occur in this yeah. <laughs> square <laughs> That's it. You, you can have things like oh if um perhaps if your maybe if your characters are like tight with this particular street gang and their leader's been captured in something, like say he's going to be hung in the town square. Mm-hmm. Maybe the gang's like, "Oh look, we need some help. We're going to try and like rescue him from like the hangman's noose." Mm-hmm. So that tight with you guys, maybe you can like help us out with it, mm-hmm. and you can sort of like, generate missions and content using that. So yeah, yeah and then and then you have to determine like which of the two terrible, terrible options you're trying to do if you decide to help them at all is like, do you go and assault the tower? <laughs> Where they're keeping this guy, or do you try and take them from the uh, the actual news itself in the square? Both of those you sound really do like, a, do like a Robin Hood style thing where they're like, yeah, five, yeah, shoot it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like do a whole just Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. style. Because I mean, obviously, with uh, as we said when we're talking about ICRPG with uh, the rest of the guys when we sort of decided to make the switch. It does lean slightly more towards the sort of high octane, like high action sort of mm-hmm. end of the spectrum that D and D is at. Whereas previously, the sort of, we played slightly more sort of old school systems, which are a bit more sort of I, I don't want to use the word gritty, but they're a bit more sort of low key. Yeah, and they're more, I suppose, like tuned down as opposed to tuned up, which yeah. is like ICRPG is definitely tuned up because it's it's about the like heroic action in the fantasy milieu. Yeah, type it's, it's another reason why. Because I know um, Rob, when I said, "Oh, there's going to be like a five-year sort of gap between the first season and the second season," mm-hmm. and Ian were like, "Oh, we're surprised the gap's so long." But part of the reason I wanted to do that is because obviously you guys have gone from being like these sort of quite low-key. All right, yeah, you, you got a few levels, so you're getting a bit more powerful. But you've gone from being these quite low-key guys to. The sort of now being like these these powerful sort of guys who are like you've got this detective agency and whatever. Now I thought with a five year gap, it seems a bit more feasible because obviously you guys have come back from the Dolman Ward. You're like mm-hmm. dripping in riches. You've got loads of like loot and stuff while you're out there. You've come back. You've set yourself up. You've established yourself. 
it also gives like your character you decided to go more for the sort of magical side mm-hmm. of stuff like five years is like a good time to say yeah you've had five years you've been you've been studying you've been sort of realigning yourself and like retraining yourself so whereas i think if we'd have done it like like a month's past and you were something like a month has passed i am now a wizard <laughs> that's that seems a bit more ridiculous yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i i thought that because just because of a it's it's fun. Like I yeah. I enjoy magic stuff, and I haven't really done a wizard. I don't think uh, I when we were playing the um, uh, a short Middlelands game of for coin and blood. I had a wizard, but um, aside from that, is I haven't really played them, and I do quite enjoy them. So I thought I would go for that now. And we have established this is entirely like not in. A, <laughs> in connection to any of what we've talked about before but a divergence is uh what we do on this show apparently um yeah the character's bloodline as told by npcs because of the random roles that we did back in the day uh npcs have since sort of hinted that there's something in the bloodline that makes like there's a like a font of magic of some kind or like a specific connection to perhaps the dark forces uh and um i figured like yeah but that that is a thing we could try and explore as well well yeah and as you say part of the whole reason for for wanting to change things up a bit is keep the game fun get us to try something new and i think so rejig obviously you have to rejig characters because we're going into icrpg but if you're going to be rejigging the characters anyway why not go oh yeah i'll try something different oh i fancy trying a bit of magic i'll I'll give it a go now because whatever sort of maybe slightly flimsy sort of justifications we come up for it in game if it results in the players having fun me having fun and the game sort of going in interesting new directions i'm all for it Okay, yep. so to get back to our list of things I need to do, mm. so we've got create the list of factions, faction goals, measure the like, the scale, like the tiers of the factions. And I've got a few details written down about using faction scale for roles to determine mm-hmm. the clashes of factions and stuff like that. So I presumably I need to have a list of factions with the relationships. Yeah, I would... Um, one of the things that uh, Scum and Villainy does... It lists each faction's enemies and friends, which I don't know that you need to go into in extreme detail. Uh, of course, if like this is all me being not exactly sure how much work you want to do for each yeah. of these. I think you could be just fine with going by intuition whenever there's a, a question. Well, my my <laughs> basic plan at the moment is just to like keep things simple so I've got them, is effectively to put together like a big sort of spreadsheet, mm-hmm. effectively with like the factions going across it in columns, mm-hmm. with like the details written below, because then I can like put the relationships underneath. Yeah. Then potentially underneath that, have a list of the different districts and mm-hmm. like the heat slash wanted ratings recorded in that, mm-hmm. which obviously will be another thing I'd need to record the heat and the wanted ratings. For. I, would, I would suggest that that's one of the, places where you could go with broad strokes as opposed to like going into detail i would maybe 
and you you know this uh, like you have probably a better idea how to divide this up but i would maybe say take great london divide it in four quadrants and have each of them be a thing or maybe even just use the thames water just north, so north south, south. Yeah. yeah i would maybe go for that actually yeah i've got to, i've been considering that because although we could sort of do it by district there are a lot of districts yeah in great london like 50 or something yeah there's, there's, a, there's like a ridiculous amount of districts in there which is obviously great for when you're running the game and obviously they would still exist in character because mm -hmm. each area has its own sort of slightly different character so you guys have spent a lot of time knocking around in bishop's gate that's where most of the churches and the temples are at so it's like all the shops there are selling like candles and prayer books and incense stuff like that. incense stuff <laughs> like that there's always the sound of like church bells ringing in the background it's got its own character because if you go to like slaughter world where that big mick came from it's all like the sort of animal slaughtering it's all awful sort of, yeah it's all sort of grimy that the smell of meats everywhere mm -hmm. it's farming districts there's obviously um the, the goblin-held district of the city, which was sort of like gifted to the goblins. So that has a, a slight sort of like weird sort of almost sort of a shanty town-esque sort of feel where mm -hmm. it's mainly goblins, but they've got these forges because they're just like, oh, safe, safety regulations for forges. Throw them out yeah. the window. So there's I'll just build there. my house next to this forge. That's it. So there's always like explosions and like random stuff going on there. So, yeah. obviously, yeah, I'm going to keep the districts for sort of in-character purposes because like, people yeah. know the districts. But I do agree, sort of dividing it up in a slightly chunkier manner. Yeah. Whether, like, we get, like say, we just go north and south or whether we go... What I might do is I might do the um, do north and south, but then there's, like, an area which is basically where like, all the districts are themed around sort of, like, this is where the royals and all the mm -hmm. nobles live. Yeah. So perhaps I've like the southern side of the river, which tends to be the poorer districts, the northern side, which is the richer area. Then maybe have like a noble quarter or something yeah. equivalent. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good because it's and it kind of divides it into even if we are still in like deeply in the feudal system where it, it doesn't really break down like that, but you have the very top. Uh, of society in one category and then you have the sort of like everything uh coming down from the very top nobles so like the lesser noble houses the clergy you have the guilds the artisans and whatnot and then you jump over the river and you're down to the sort of uh lower yes. caste yeah. society where it's the untouchables it's all the all the dirtiest of work yes, uh, is it's, it's the people there. who like uh, scour the riverbeds, so like looking yeah. for like bits of tap they can. Yeah, basically scour. scavengers, yeah, really. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so you would have different brackets for like the worst to do, yeah. sort of uh, like the the bottom tier of society, and then you have the fairly broad mid tier, or like yeah. the to be honest, like the top tier society, and then you have the rulers, yeah. and I think using those three as the categories in which heat accrues i think that's probably pretty good because then you can have the sort of situation where uh we we have no business going into bishop's case even though we live there but like we get into trouble every time because the church hates us yeah. for some reason but we can still be buddies with the nobles who are like 
Oh, it is but... Uh, uh, we don't really dabble in the matter of spiritual. That is for the church to determine. But like, come on, dude! Like they're <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're always up in our business, and they're like, "Sorry, like yeah, it's, it's not, not our affair." It's not our concern. Yeah, like we don't mind you, but like we, it's the church. So yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, I might go with that. Like say, like have um, obviously we know that many of our society is not organized in this way, but you know you've got, yeah. you've got the lower yeah. class, the middle class, and the upper class basically. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> feudalism is weird yeah. um, i mean obviously we're, we're we're sort of drastically drastically like simplifying yes. it for game yes. purposes yeah but we, we are just <laughs> trying to come up with a system to to generate content and give like a bit of a sort of flavor of like a changing city rather than trying to do like an authentic recreation of like an actual mm-hmm. medieval yeah. city which greater london is not even yeah. to start with goblins yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so uh i it, i just I wanted to say that I really like the idea that, like, if we mess up enough in the northern portions of the city, so where the clergy and the sort of uh, upper classes are, yeah, and because the nobles are kind of they're a small set of people, and yeah, they're, I mean, I, I, I'd see it very much as like in the sort of the lower class area, you've got like the sort of working trades, the slaughterhouses, mm-hmm. like um, fabric dyers, stuff like that. In the in the sort of north of the river, you've got the the slightly more sort of middle upper class of mercantile sort of stuff going on, you know, the, the crafts people, let's yeah. say the church, stuff like that. And then you've got the, the upper tier, which is like all the nobles obviously want to be as near to where like, the royalty yeah. live as possible. Yeah. The fenced area with yeah. their uh, guards at the gates being like, you don't not, not in those shoes, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, but I really like the idea that the nobles can be there in their own, own like playpen. And then, we have the northern bit, and if we mess up enough there, we have the southern bit to go and like lay down, <laughs> like lay low in like oh we need to, we need to get out of the uh, north north side of Great London. We need to go lay low in the. I was going to say, and that that's something worth talking about actually, because obviously in in Scrum and Villainy, one of the ways you can like diminish your heat is effectively you like you lay low in a different area, giving people time to like, forget about whatever you got up to. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> It might it might be worth porting some version of that. Yeah, because yeah, that... I don't want it to be a case of you guys go like, oh, we've got too much heat in like the noble portion. That's it. We can never go there again. Yeah, so that's that's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> that's I mean, done. No, no one's going to hold like a grudge for like years and years if you do like one thing. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm going to have a look at the the rules in scum and villainy actually uh, scum and villainy handles it much like it does anything else it's a role you make and depending on how well you succeed you reduce greater numbers of heat okay. elsewhere mm. clearing heat your crew can lay low in a different system see page 186 okay so what it says in Scum and Villainy, for anyone who's listening, if you want to reduce your crew's heat and wanted level, you hide out in another system. Say what your character does to reduce crew heat while hiding and roll an appropriate action. If you're successful, you reduce heat in the system by two. If you're wanted, you add segments to a wanted reduction clock. So obviously, if you're actually wanted, that takes a lot longer to Yeah, that's, that's your face on posters, and that doesn't really go away yeah. that easily. 
and the way it describes this is you add segments to the wanted reduction clock on the appropriate system sheet according to yep. the role one to three one segment four to five two six three if you get a critical it's five if yep. the wanted reduction clock fills up you reduce your wanted level by one and you clear the clock so yep. presumably if you've got like a wanted level of three you have to go around that clock three times yeah. to get it down yep. to zero yep so i quite like that idea yeah, and then it's just a matter of determining like how do we roll for that? Because it's obviously it's common villainy, so it's roll a bunch of d6s de depending on like, what action you're using. I could see perhaps we've talked about um, we've talked about setting sort of chances of the um, like difficulty classes, difficulty ratings for. Mm. The, the relationship changing. Yeah, I could see doing something similar to that again, like like you said earlier, perhaps with a perhaps with a charisma role, or mm. it, it might just even be a case of if if we go with like the scum of villainy style, where you're like, oh yeah, we've we, we, we're wanted in the um, north of the river, so we're going to mm -hmm. lie low south of the river, and we say, oh well, what, what are you doing to like, mm -hmm. get this wanted level down, and then perhaps. I just say, all right, make a roll for it, and it's up to the players to determine which of their attributes. Yeah, what are they doing? Roll based on what they're doing. Yeah, because yeah, if you're just like, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm whispering in a few people's ear, I'm putting out some positive like PR about us. Mm -hmm. You might be like, oh yeah, you can make a charisma roll for that. Or you're like, I'm just, I'm just gonna like work for goodwill. Like I'm gonna show yeah. to people that I'm an asset to society. So you roll your constitution because you're, you're doing the thing. You're hauling stuff you're like carrying water for people literally <laughs> i'll tell you what we could do for that actually um obviously in icrpg most of the roles work by you make a roll then you roll some form of damage or effort dice yes so yes so what we could do is because in in icrpg you have like a number of hearts which represent your hit points each of them is worth 10 hit points so perhaps instead of having a clock, we say, oh, if you've got a wanted rating of one, you need to do enough effort to knock off those 10 yep. hit points, and then that's the yep. heart of wanted rating gone. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. So we are occurring hearts, uh, wanted hearts. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, um, or, or like heat, and, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We'd, we'd have like heat hearts, and when you get to a certain amount, yeah. you get all the wanted hearts on there. And yep. then obviously we, you, so if they sort of go left to right, when you start decreasing them, you go from right to left, sort of mm -hmm. working them down. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. That's that's neat. Um, so I suppose that we need just need to determine uh, how difficult it is to. Well, I suppose we know the just the heat heart would be your like ten effort yeah. worth. And I mean, uh, we don't need to actually make the the difficult the actual D twenty difficulty class too difficult, because mm -hmm. even if you make that roll, you then mm -hmm. have to make the effort roll, and you've still got to like work down those hearts yeah. to get it lowered. So the sort of the fact it's going to take a long period of time, and bear in mind you're only going to be rolling at most at the end of each session. Yeah. So if you're yeah. like, oh, I've got I've got six one, so I've got three wanted hearts, and I've got all these heat hearts. It's going mm -hmm. to take you a fair few sessions. To yeah, a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you sort of say, oh well, you can only you can only roll for like one of these things. Mm -hmm. If you're like wanted in like two different areas, you've got to prioritize which of those yeah. you want to 
yeah. do you want to do? Because we've only got three sort of distinct chunks. Mm-hmm. You've still got to have somewhere you can actually lie low in. So, mm-hmm. if, you, so if you're just like balling around the city and being like wanted everywhere, where are you going to lie low? Yeah, it's you need to <laughs> figure your stuff out if, yeah. if everyone hates you. Um, yeah, I quite like that. So I suppose then the question in this, uh, I have two, <clears throat> and the first is, when like how many heat hearts does it take to make a wanted heart are we going with three for some reason three it comes up mm. yeah well i mean if we if we think um, most people with basic effort without any like modifiers or mm. put any points you're rolling like a d4 for effort yeah just working yeah, so potentially, if you're just working, it's going to take you at least two or three rolls to get one heart knocked down. Uh-huh. So I think having any more than three would make it like potentially a massive undertaking. You'd be like, all right, so we've got the next the next ten sessions we're going to be doing this, and if we're lucky, we might have like knocked down the heat to a reasonable level. Uh-huh. So I think any more than a few would make it more of an endeavor so i think we're scrapping wanted entirely and we're just going with heat yeah uh, because it doesn't need to be Hmm? if i love this idea but if we're Mm -hmm. if we're going for heat hearts we then need to work out how it's going to how it's going to be reflected in terms of like action being taken against the the characters yeah i was i was thinking we just have heat equal wanted levels now so we basically scrapped the conceptual idea of heat, and we just call wanted, or we could just call it wanted. Like that's that's fine. Yeah, but... let's just call it wanted because heat. Yeah. Well, that makes sense in that game. For, for yeah. a, a fantasy game, it doesn't make a great deal of sense. Yeah. So, so if we just call it wanted, and we have those apply in the same exact manner that wanted levels apply in Scum and Villainy, okay. so that that would mean that we probably scrap maybe like the zero level entirely because it's probably very easy for us to accrue at least one uh, wanted heart but that's not the end of the world right that's just that's just what it is Um, so I quite like the idea that each heart is a wanted level so we do have especially if we all work towards it we could manage it we could knock out Heart, maybe even two if we're really lucky uh, in one downtime. Yeah, if, if you say that, like you say each player character can make a roll, mm-hmm. which which works nicely with the ICRPG because of the systems that use this heart and this effort system for creating spells, mm-hmm. building stuff, stuff like that. So you could then have a choice like, right, you've got effectively one downtime action at the end of each session. Yeah. Right, are you going to spend it building stuff, researching spells? Oh, but your wanted level's a bit high. Do you want to spend it like laying low mm-hmm. to try and get that down? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. I I really like this. Uh, it's very neat and uh, symmetrical, obviously. And I'm so new to ICRPG; it didn't really cross my mind. This is how we should definitely do this. So every heart is equal to one wanted level, and then we set up. Mm. Shall we say there's a maximum of hearts four per sort of area? Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want it to be like an infinite amount. So you sort of yeah. like, oh shit, we've got ten wanted hearts here, right? That's going to take the rest of our natural lives. Yeah, to like we're never going back to the south. Yeah, so <laughs> like, set it as like a max four. Yeah, 
and then we build basically i'm i'm gonna suggest if we have zero wanted anywhere yeah um we're just going to not roll for like the yeah. repercussions because it, there's not uh, we've been nice um but then we build a d6 chart for wanted levels one two three and four and then we will be able to determine uh, or rather you uh, can just roll on that or we can roll on that however we want to do that but we roll on that in the after action bit of the game and then we will have the results that we have in scum and villainy yeah and I would say that that is as it is in Scum and Villainy, that is before you get to reduce it. So if you max out your thing as a result of like a really bad job, you will have to suffer the consequences of that before you get to reduce it. Yeah, so like you say, if, you, if you've done something that's raised your wanted level, you have to make that roll before you can then say, oh, we're going to lay low to like reduce yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, because otherwise you could potentially just like do loads of shit and then go, right, we're all going to lay low and we'll just avoid the consequences, yeah. which isn't really the point of it. Yeah. Well, one other thing, if, because I, again, I, lo I love the idea of using hearts as like a wanted rating. Mm -hmm. In terms of like the wanted rating increasing... Mm -hmm. Would we want the wanted rate? Because obviously, in Scum and Villainy, there's like the discussion at the end where you get so much heat depending on how the job went, and there's mm -hmm. various modifiers. Would we want to have it just in case, like you work it out and straight away it says, like, right, you've gained this many wanted hearts? Or do we want to have it so, in the same way as you reduce it by effort, do we want to have it go up as like effort towards a heart yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah so you might say like okay yeah we're technically you only count the full 10 hit points as like a heart mm -hmm. so you might be like oh yeah we've really got a wanted rating of one at the minute but we're only like two points off having like a wanted rating of two yeah so i guess that's the heat then yeah. <laughs> that's the idea of heat exactly, yeah. um yeah all right so i suppose you would just then calculate the amount of effort that we put towards screwing ourselves up <laughs> like according to whatever happened in the mission yeah, so i think what you probably do is um because also they for like um effort weapon damage and magic they use like mm -hmm. d4 d6 d8 perhaps you have it so you go uh, okay if it's if it's a minor sort of everything went okay you know nothing to maybe you roll a d4 and that's how many hit points you get towards a wanted art if you like you made a few more waves but it was nothing too terrible maybe you roll a d6 if mm -hmm. like, it was like a big thing, maybe you roll a D8 or a D12 or something like yeah. that, then you, obviously you can have modifiers where you're like, oh, if uh, if you like interfered with someone of significance, you got like an extra like three hit points of effort added onto that dice roll. Yeah, so I would the same mechanic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I would say that there's not an option to not roll die. So I would say that the minimum is the basic effort. And then depending on how much you screwed up, like each instance of significant, I suppose, like exposure or screw up or whatever, increases the effort type by one. So you every after every mission or session, we roll at least the basic effort. Uh, if we have a lot of exposure, we roll the weapon effort. So this is increasing die sizes, really. Yeah. And then like if in addition to having uh, a lot of exposure we also torched the goddamn barge and <laughs> people died on board so we increase it again to the magic 
Yeah, so, so rather than adding sort of like discrete amounts of hit points, effectively, just like if you've like done particularly egregious things, it just bumps the dice up a step. Yeah. And I suppose you could say as well, like if you, because obviously there's things that you can do in Scum and Villainy that like both raise and lower your heat, sort of mm-hmm. when you're determining that in the downtime bit. I suppose you could say as well, like if you, um, there's certain other things you could do that could lower it back down again. So you sort of check your list, it moves mm-hmm. up and down on wherever you land. That's yep. I should roll to determine how much effort goes towards your wanted rating. Yeah, and I think that's probably where you will have to uh, like do an appraisal of like what happens and maybe like just add on more dice as well. Like if something went really wrong, maybe we just roll two dice. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, you've you've got the whole thing as well where. Um... Obviously, they use like the the ultimate damage dice, which oh, is yeah. D twelve. I suppose you could say like, oh, if you've if you've done something particularly egregious, it sort of bumps. So say like yeah. you've got like D four, D six, and D eight for your normal ones. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, if you've done something like I don't know, like mass murder or like mass mm-hmm. arson or something like that, it just bumps it up to a D twelve like straight away. Yeah, or you roll a D twelve in addition to yeah, yeah, whatever else you add on the ultimate dice, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, I like that. There's, hmm. I wonder if we want to qualify it or just like talk it through every time there's call for it, like to play it by ear. When, like, if if something went sufficiently wrong, we just add on the ultimate uh, yeah. to whatever else happens. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I want to, I'm going to sort of get this written down before the next session. Yeah. And the idea would be very much like Scum and Villainy to make it a discussion in like the last 10 sort of 15 minutes of the session so rather than me just saying oh you, you wanted ratings gone up by two actually sort of say like oh well yeah you were fairly quiet on this mission so that would be a d4 however mm-hmm. you you did like kill one of the guild masters so that bumps it up to d12 <laughs> yeah well so it adds the d12 on so yeah adds so, the d12 so, yeah. so we're going to roll a d4 and a d12 okay so you've gained you've gained 10 10 mm. effort towards your wanted rating, so that's another heart mm-hmm. in your wanted rating. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, and it's yep. nice because it, it, it's using like the flavor from Scum and Villainy, but it's still sort of mechanically it's the yep. same as um, ICRPG. Yeah, because you don't want to have like these different bits from different, like you want to have consistency uh, to keep it keep it tight and keep it in the same realm where ICRPG tries to be anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm liking this. I, and I'm, I like that we managed to bring in heat back in because I, because yeah. basically what a heart is, is a 10 segment clock. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that's one of the things that struck me when I was sort of first thinking, oh, you know, could you some of the scum and villainy thing is effectively ICRPG already has the clock mechanic. It mm-hmm. just approaches it in a slightly different way. So in if you're doing a project, you're trying to make something in Scum and Villainy, you get your clock, whenever you make your downtime roll, it ticks up. When you get it complete, you've done your project. Yep. When, you, when you're trying to make something in ICRPG, the, the GM says, oh, you're going to need like one heart of effort to make that level one spell or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you know you can roll once a week or whatever. And you know that you need to get 10 total effort to have completed that first level spell. So, like you say, effectively, it's a clock into itself. Yep. Symmetry. Yeah. Okay, well, 
think that's pretty much sorted then. I think gives me a list of stuff to get working on for the next session. Yep. I shall look forward to doing that. Yep, and I would suggest as a final note to help us as well as anyone who might do something like this in the future. It makes all the sense in the world to set down these factions in a way that they are going to get in each other's way. Yeah. So it, you need to manufacture reasons for them to interact with each other because that's the entire point of all this. So if you don't, if you, if you set the sewer people in the sewer and the knights in the, I don't know, the castle and never the two shall meet, yeah. that's, that's a waste of everyone's time. Like that, that, that's for you to giggle over and nothing else really. Well, as we said, sort of at the start, the whole point of this is to generate content but obviously, conflict yeah. is a great content generator yeah. in a, in RPGs. So, as you're saying, if if I go like, all right, the crown's ruling over everything, but like the crown as a faction has nothing to do with anything else. That faction mm-hmm. may as well not exist. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's inconsequential to anything that goes on in the game, yeah. unless uh, these in this example, the sewer guild. Yeah, maybe they're a sewer guild. Maybe John, you decided that they're actually some kind of a nefarious cult. And they've they've dug too deep in the sewers, and they found some old Goman ruins. And there's a demonic Goman effigy that they're worshiping, and they're doing all this bad business. And the crown somehow learns of it. Now the the knights are coming down in the sewers. They're trying to find out what's going on with this sewer demon. Yeah. And that's that's good shit. That's that's what he wants. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm making notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's the that's the thing that I think is done brilliantly in. Uh, scum and villainy because they they do list the allies and the the enemies for each each of these and then even if you don't get like you just get this very short blurb of each faction but they do mention who these people don't like and who they do like you have an idea of what kind of conflict you can generate with those uh just if there's a mention that the sewer guild their enemy is the the crown guard you're like what (laughs) What, what's that about and you need to figure it out and then yeah i mean as you say in the scum and villainy factions because it like lists what their interest is and sort of like briefly Mm -hmm. what their deal is you can then look at the other factions and say something like right which factions aren't going to be down with this yeah or who's going to be affected by if this happens then yeah and i see you've got allies as well so if this faction gets in trouble who can they go to and be like oh help us out Mm-hmm. Yep. excellent right well thank you very much for joining me and talking this out it's been very productive yep. I think yeah that, that was really fun <laughs> that, that'll give me a lot to work on and that concludes mine and Johannes's discussion about how we're planning to adapt the scum and villainy style of downtime for use in our Midlands game I hope you've enjoyed listening to these couple of episodes if you have and you want to leave us a message you can get in touch with us and leave a voicemail at the SpeakPipe website. There is a link in the description of this show, or you can send us an email. The address is rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com. We really do appreciate your thoughts and the feedback. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. <laughs>